Hello, hello, and welcome back to the All Good Juju Podcast. I am your host, Brittany Basinski. Today's episode is such an inspiring, empowering, and encouraging message for moms, moms to be, or anyone looking to support a mom that they know in their life. This is such an info packed, emotionally charged episode that you will not want to miss. We're going to be chatting with my friend Emily, also known as Hey Emmy Lou on Instagram, all about motherhood and what it's like to be a millennial and millennial mom, shifting out of the hustle and grind culture and into a more authentic and balanced life. I cannot wait for you to be a part of this. Let's dive in. Hello, Emily. Thank you so much for coming on today. Of course, anytime. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So let's start by telling everybody your story and your background. What makes Emily Hey Emily Lou on Instagram? Well, gosh, where do you even begin like telling the story about yourself? I guess as far as my fitness background and passion for helping people in that realm goes, I have always had this passion for helping people just find who their best self is at the core and learning how they can make small changes every day to become that person. Even in high school, I found myself doing this with friends and then it rolled into training in college and wanting to go into physical therapy and then just deciding that personal training was really my calling and felt the most in alignment. So I ran with that and I've been doing it for over 10 years, which makes me sound old. (laughs) For 10 years, I never thought I'd be able to say that, but um, I've been able to do so many amazing things with it and have so many little stories and avenues that could take me through that. But really just fitness has transformed my life and health and wellness in general. And being able to give that gift to people in different ways every day makes this entire career just so fulfilling. Yeah. And you're so good at it. I mean, your Instagram, you show up and you have a membership now, right? You have like a fitness membership. Yes. Fit as hell. My fit as hell fam. I love them. Um, we have workouts that we do every single week. So essentially it's like having a personal trainer and having access to one without the price tag, because I know that's not necessarily accessible to everyone, but more than the price tag, it's also not easy to line up schedules, especially now that I'm a new mom. So I was so excited to be able to come up with this collective community where people can come together to get in a really solid workout. So every week I come up with three exclusive brand new workouts that you've never done before, a lower body, upper body and full body and they're all under 30 minutes so they're tough but they're fun and they're effective and it's an awesome community people comment along saying like that was so hard or that last move was killer and it's really cool to see other people are doing it alongside of you so that's been my new passion uh this year kind of simplifying everything I've done for since you've known me you've seen me do projects so it's been really cool to put that together Mm -hmm. and I think it's just especially interesting because you've kind of pivoted from what like in-person training to virtual to now a membership because of motherhood right yes motherhood the joys the stresses (laughs) the 
bad, the ugly. Um, yeah, it's been really amazing. And honestly, something I think I've always wanted to do, but never had the push. Like I will always tell Mia for the rest of her life that she has given me so many gifts of mm. me to make changes I was afraid to make on my own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that gives me chills because I feel like as a mom who didn't really chase the life that I wanted until I became a mother, but like looking back at all of my life, I'm like, why didn't I utilize those pre-baby years more? But it took this baby to light this fire within me and for some reason you just are like a force you're like yes what I mean like just this baby this motherhood being like you're just almost reborn as a woman and as a person and you're like this is my life and I'm going to go hard after it and I see that in you too and it's like you know you are just yeah you're paving your own way and um, I like what you said, you know, before we got on here, you were talking about simplifying your life and how that's important as a mom. Can you talk a little bit about that? Cause I think that's so important. Yeah. Well, like you said, looking back to my pre-baby years, I was for the last, you know, five years before I had a baby living in Nashville with some of my best friends, having the time of my life working and hustling my butt off in so many amazing ways, all different avenues of passion projects I had going on. I had a podcast running. I was training. I was traveling. I had a network marketing business. I was running full time and I loved all of it. And mm -hmm. it was all amazing. But even looking back, being a mom, I'm like, I could have been doing more um, with more focus. Not that I yeah. should have been doing more ideas and more projects, but I could have been more focused and intentional with my time because now as a mom, if you're a mom listening, or I know you know, we yeah, have yeah. hours that we're able to really focus on us or something that we want to put our time and energy into. Mm -hmm. So I was spinning all these plates, doing all these things and ultimately really, really happy. Yeah. And then when I hit motherhood, I wasn't prepared for it. Uh, I wasn't expecting this big yeah. shift and change, especially during a pandemic. And everything came to a crashing halt because as a new soon-to-be mom, I had to decide how do I simplify, but how do I still find who I am at the core and take that person through this journey? So I really had to stop what I was doing. And I just took a breather. I actually took six months off social media during the pandemic while I was pregnant. And I just gave myself a break of what do you really want to do? Do you really love personal training? Do you really love helping people with health and fitness? What are some things that you don't need to do right now? Where can you trim the fat essentially? And I started asking myself these yes or no questions and really checking in and listening to my gut and my intuition. And if it felt like a no or like a maybe not, I had to cut it. And like I said before, Mia kind of gave me that gift of being the new baby that forced me to trim the fat and simplify. Nice. So since I've had her and transitioned into motherhood, I've taken a look and kind of learned over the past year. She's, her birthday is coming up on Monday, which oh is so great. a year. Wow. I know. I've taken a look and I'm like, you know what? I do love personal training. I love helping people. What can I do to simplify that? So I can you know, maximize her nap times. And I can still find myself and my passion through those moments or when my mom is uh, helping me and watching me, uh, but I don't have to spin every plate and do it all. And it did, if I'm being completely honest, it really was tough for some of those things for me to cut them and be okay saying, 
that was an old season and I'm grateful for it, but I'm growing into a new person and I'm growing into a new season that's going to bring me even better and so much more. Mm-hmm. And being humble enough to give yourself that grace and say, this might be rocky and this might take some time uh, to get through this. I think that's the key because yeah. I give myself the grace at first. And now I'm going through what I call my inner winter and allowing myself to really figure out and refine what's going to work best moving forward. Yeah. And I think that that word inner winter can really resonate with well, I mean, we're going into the fall season and that is typically like what we should be doing naturally is like falling back, relaxing, going inward. Um, and so I, I think a lot of people, moms or not, can relate with that. But I think especially moms in that first year of postpartum can be like, yes. I mean, that whole year feels like a winter season, truly. It really does. And especially if you're an entrepreneur, but even if you're not and you're going into motherhood, you're providing value to someone in some way before you become a mom, whether that's at work, whether that's with your spouse, with your family, with your best friends, you're providing value just by being you and going through motherhood really can, you can take a mental hit and think like, what value can I bring now? I'm a different person. And you just really, it's important to go inward and to just ask yourself those yes or no questions to figure out how to simplify and what your passions are so you can still learn that you are valuable. You can bring value, but do it without the expense of burning yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I'm watching a sex life on Netflix. I don't, have you watched it? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you are a mom, um, or want to know a little bit about mom life, watch sex life on Netflix. It's this mom and she's a mom of two she is going through like her second postpartum season, which is like that inner winter and it's dark there. I mean, you know, motherhood in that postpartum phase, it's rough. You've got the breastfeeding, you've got the sleep deprivation, you've got like the inevitable, like, you know, um, tension with your marriage because you're both tired and you're both kind of like going nutty and it's just a really tough transition. But in this, um, in this show on Netflix, she, I mean, it's kind of crazy and like, it's a little toxic. I'll be real. And it's very dramatic, but she does kind of find her inner fire after a while. And she realizes like, hang on a minute, I can be a mom and like go back and finish my dream because she kind of put her dream on pause for her kids. And like, I can relate to that because I don't really know how to introduce myself when someone says like, Oh, are you just a stay at home mom? Or, Oh, like, where do you work? And uh, for a while I would just say, I just stay home. But that was a lie because I don't just stay home. And even if I did, that's enough, right? Mm -hmm. There is, that's so enough, but it, it wasn't my truth. My truth was I'm an author and I'm an entrepreneur and a podcaster and an event planner. Now, I guess like there's so many things that I do um, that, like you said, that make you feel like you have that inner value. And so this woman had like lost herself in this show. And then towards the end of it, it's like, oh, wait, I do have some sort of value. Um, I'm not just a mom, like a breastfeeding mom with, you know, milk stains everywhere. Like I'm still me. And I think that's really, yeah, just 
a lot of women's experience. So if you haven't watched it, you should totally watch it. Yes, I need to watch this yeah. because it sounds like I could definitely relate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a tough season to go through. Yeah. And there were points where I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to make it. I'm not coming out on the other side the same. Like I'll never be the same. I'll never find myself again. Like this is just who I am. And I used to have a lot of shame in that feeling like I'm not supposed to feel this way as a new mom. I'm supposed to be elated every day. And obviously it goes without saying like, I love Mia. She's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me, but that didn't discount the feelings and the emotions that come with postpartum. And so there's still waves of that, that I'm going through even a year later where I'm like, my life is completely different than it was before. And I of course mourn who I was before and that past life and getting over that comes in stages of grief and comes in waves. But calling it my inner winter and just like taking that ownership of it's okay to have these emotions and these feelings and there will be a spring and you are going to come out on the other side. It's actually allowed me to enjoy this emotion and this process. Like I'm living in my parents' house right now. We're waiting for our new house to be ready for us to move into. We've been here a few months. We'll probably be here a few more months. Yeah. And I definitely have days where I'm like, this is not working for me. But then I remind myself, this is a season. This is part of your winter. And you're going to come out on the other side feeling so much better. So mm -hmm. if I can give any advice to anybody, if you're going through a season, just try to glorify it in whatever way that you can, because you will find things during this season and during these moments that you're going to learn. And then you'll carry with you for the rest of your life. And you'll be grateful for in the long run, but it's hard. <laughs> it yeah. can be hard in the moment for sure. Yeah. I actually, um, in the last book that I wrote, the all good juju waking up to spirituality, wellness, and freedom. I talk about how motherhood, like I had like an identity crisis and it sounds like every mom kind of goes through that, but nobody talks about it. Like I remember being pregnant and I didn't have like a giant bump or anything. It's like that a phase of pregnancy where you just look like you ate a giant burrito, but like no one knows you're pregnant, but you. So like, it's kind of a weird feeling where people don't really treat you pregnant, but you are. So you're not pregnant to the rest of the world, but you're carrying that and all of those emotions, especially with your first baby. And so I remember cleaning the kitchen and like twerking to Beyonce and then turning it off. And I'm like, no, no, wholesome moms don't do that. Wholesome moms don't listen to Beyonce you know, I, I wanted to be a wholesome mom. And now I'm to the point where it's like, I look back and I just laugh at myself because I'm like, you can totally twerk to Beyonce and be like a good mom. But I was having that identity crisis because I didn't realize what, you know, what I, what a, what a good mom is and what I saw in the movies or like what I thought I should be like. Exactly. And so, yeah, well, you have examples of like a few friends that have had kids already. Mm -hmm. And then of course your own parents and the parenting style of your friends, parents growing up. And so I had the same thing. I would see all of these people being a mom and I would try on all these different mom personalities. Oh and God. I remember just being like, this doesn't feel right. This is not me. Yeah. At all. yeah. yeah it's definitely an identity crisis, but mm -hmm isn't talked about like you said yeah. and like you said like you you mourn that life so I just remember like one day I wanted to wear a pair of Converse because they're cute and but I thought in my head like moms don't wear Converse Brittany like who are you trying to be um hello I was trying to be my freaking self but I had these stories in my head of like moms don't do that 
moms don't wear this. Moms don't listen to that. It's like, F that. Yes, they do. Like, yes, we do. So I don't know. I love, I don't want to make this about the show sex life, but I'm just so deep into it because this mom is like, you know, moms can be this too. Moms can be sexy. Moms can have passion and desire outside of their children, you know? And yeah, like staying home is great, but that might not be totally fulfilling. So I know that you and I like are very honest with each other as friends and we're like, we have to have something else. And that doesn't make us a better or a worse mom. Like if you want to just stay home and I don't want to say like just as in it's bad. If that one, if that's your core focus to stay home with your children, I respect that. I think that's beautiful. And if you're fulfilled, good for you. That's what you should do. But if you're not, you have to look into that and you have to like, it's so important that you ask yourself what's missing and then go do it. Right. And I think you're so good at doing that. And that's how I've always been just since I was little. If there was something I was interested in learning about, I would run after it and I would give it a try. I was the girl that did literally everything. So that's something that I want to carry into motherhood and know that if there's an activity I want to try, if there's a concert I want to go to, I will find a way to still be me and say yes to things I want to say yes to when they make sense for Mm -hmm. me and my family. I'm not going to run off for like five weeks. Well, hey, I would. I don't know. (laughs) That might might be the answer for somebody if they want to travel for that long. But for me, I'm going to continue doing the things that are a burning desire that I feel a passion for. And because I want my children and I want Mia to grow up seeing me chase after the things that I want to do. So they feel like they can do that too. Yes. Yes. Back and just say, well, I did, I saw my mom just sacrifice everything for us kids. So I'm going to do that for my children. I want them to be able to go after their dreams and do whatever that they, that is they want to do mm-hmm. because they saw me doing that. I want to set the example um, while still being there for them. You know, there's a balance for yeah. sure. And, and I think that's part of the, early stages of motherhood especially is learning the balance and figuring it all out but mm-hmm. finding what is really going to light you up and then doing it is so so important if you're not doing that already I completely completely agree I feel like you know when I tell people like I have seven books you know on Amazon to be sold and I go where did you have the time you know how could you possibly do that in early motherhood and I'm like I had to or I would have lost my freaking mind. Like the books and everything else that I do on the side completely saves my sanity. And to that added benefit in that same breath, like you said, shows my children, granted they're not women, they're, you know, little boys and will someday be grown men. But I think it's important regardless of gender, like just because you have a family doesn't mean you have to like completely throw away your dreams. You can integrate your children into your life. And so people will be like, well, how do you find the time? You know, how do you find the time to to podcast or how do you find the time to, to write or to do all these extra things? Like it doesn't make sense. You know, um, I don't have like a nanny. I don't have anything fancy. It's just me. And I just, you know, and I, I know you have a very similar story. Um, we just, like you said, we hyper-focus on our time. Our time is very, very limited. So when we do have free time, and it's not even really free. It's, I feel like it's stolen. It's stolen time. This is nap time. Emily and I are podcasting during nap. Yeah. But like this hour, we just really 
utilize the absolute, we like suck it dry. It's like one hour, we're going to just make that the best fucking hour like of our lives because we know it's so short. So we just go hard in this small amount of time. Well, and people ask the same question all the time. How do you do it all? How do you do it all? And they asked before I had kids too. And like you said, it's hyper-focusing on the things that you actually do want to be doing. Exactly. So you just got to take inventory of your time and your life. And if there's activities or moments where you're lost scrolling on social media, we've all been there, but becoming mindful of those times and realizing that was 20 minutes that I could have reorganized my entire closet the way that I want it to be done from the people I was scrolling and stalking on social media. You see those perfect houses and, and those closets. Stop scrolling and give yourself those 15 minutes to design your own perfect home or whatever the environment is. I'm saying all this because this is totally what I do. <laughs> that closet looks great. I've got to copy that in the new house. But really taking inventory and checking in with yourself, giving yourself, even if you have to walk away from a situation for a couple minutes and give yourself some silence to realize how does this make me feel? Am I anxious about going to this event? Could I cut it? Do I really need to be there? Not that I'm adver uh, um, advertising like being a flaky person because I think that's a huge issue with our culture as well. Yeah. But just checking in and if someone asks you if you want to do something, just give them the simple answer. You know what? That sounds amazing. Let me get back to you in a couple of days. Let me think about this. Mm -hmm. And giving yourself some time to realize, do I want to be doing these activities? Because you, no one's telling you and no one's forcing you to do anything. It's entirely yeah. you. So you can trim the fat and do the activities mm -hmm. and the things that you really want. And that's how you'll find time to do these passion projects. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the key word there is finding time. Like there, you know, I always say I do a nap time hustle. I do a bedtime hustle. Um, and if I'm totally honest, I just straight up work with my kids around. And for the longest time I didn't. And one day my therapist is like, well, how are you writing these books? I'm like, in secret. And she's like, like, even your husband doesn't know. I'm like, no. She's like, so you're just, you're not telling anybody you're just kind of like I'm like yeah I'll like write a couple lines and then like shut my laptop if anybody's like around and she's like why would you do that you should just she goes it's so beneficial for you to show up for that person you want to be in front of everybody and just own it she goes here's what I want you to do tomorrow I want you to pull out your laptop and I want you to like have your morning cup of coffee you know she asked my like morning routine like the kids are so chill they like watch their morning cartoons they eat their breakfast so I want you to like right. And I want them to be there and I want them to see you. Right. And I, if your husband's around, I want him to see it too. And I want everybody to see you doing what you really want to be doing as well and making time for you. And I freaking needed that. I needed someone to tell me it was okay. Yeah. It was, I was hiding this. I was hiding this like other side of me because I felt ashamed. Like, well, I shouldn't want to be writing a book. I shouldn't want to do anything else outside of motherhood. I shouldn't feel so unfulfilled you know what I mean? It, my kids should just feel everything. Right. And so it took like a lot of therapy and, you know, listening to my therapist to be like, no, like put out some Legos for your kids, let them play and integrate them into your life. So I've been really focusing on that too, where it's like, I would wait for nap time to like meditate, or I would wait for nap time to start reading a book that I wanted to do or bedtime. And it's like, you know, of course, I'm not going to watch Sex Life in front of them or anything. That's definitely a mature show on Netflix. But like, you know, um, 
like meditating. I can bring the kids in with me to do that. Like they can meditate or I've got like my, you know, my drums that I do, like my meditative drumming, the kids can play with me. Like, I feel like once I brought my kids into my world a little bit, and you probably can feel this too. I see the workout videos with Mia. Mm-hmm. It, you just start to own yourself back. If you take back your life, when you let your kids be more involved, instead of keeping it entirely separate for like, you know, mom's time and then kids time. Like, I feel like there's room for both. Does that make sense? Yes. And I, I've noticed in myself when I do that and I integrate motherhood with whatever I need to get done and accomplished, I feel less need to quote unquote, go into hustle mode because I'm getting it done naturally and organically. And it feels Mm -hmm. much more in alignment than previously when I would hustle, hustle, hustle from one project to the next project with no break. It's just, it's hard to really be stressed around a project or something you're working on when you've got little kids running around that are happy and content. Now, I mean, if they're crying crazy and the voice story, but when Mm -hmm. I'm working out, for example, and I'm filming my workouts for fit as hell, Mia's right there. She's watching me. She's doing them sometimes in the camera, but sometimes out of view. And she loves it. She thinks it's fun. It's like our time together. And if I'm doing a plank, she'll try to mimic me. It's the cutest thing ever. So it's more fun and less stressful for me rather than thinking it has to get done during nap time. When it can get done during nap time, it's preferred, but allowing myself to integrate some of those things has been really helpful. Yeah. And honestly, you, I feel like you're ahead of the, the, ahead of the ball game and ahead of the curve there with that, because it wasn't until like recently where I was like, okay with it. Maybe, excuse me, in the last couple of years that I was okay with it. Um, because yeah, I just held so much shame of like what a mom should be and yeah, it, integrating it has really been a huge blessing. So, well, and it's not to, I don't want to fully downgrade hustle culture. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a time and a season for it. So if you're in a season of life, if you're in your twenties, if you're pre-kids or you're in a season with kids where it makes sense and you want to chase goals and push your limits, Mm -hmm. that's great. And just know that it's not going to last forever. So if you've got that burning desire and that passion and it feels Mm -hmm. in alignment, run with it, hustle, work all the hours that you can, because it is going to change one day. There's going to be a different season involved. And when you switch seasons, just know that that's supposed to happen. Like I think it's been hardest for me to realize I went from hustle, hustle, hustle for probably 10 years straight, not enough with myself and what I truly needed as far Mm -hmm. as rest goes. But now that I'm in this new season, I'm just like, it's okay. And it's actually a good thing. And I haven't had anyone tell me that before. So if you need a voice, you don't have to hustle all the time, but let us be that voice because yes, yes. Great. You need to rest. You do. And like, I won't say that I was like, you know, especially in the newborn phase or the super early motherhood phase, you know, from like birth to like six months, I didn't even go to the gym, dude. I didn't even work out. Like I, the only thing I had energy for was taking care of my child and breastfeeding. And I didn't crack a book. I didn't listen to a podcast. I didn't focus on any like self-improvement. I just survived. And that's a season two, you know, like sometimes you're thriving, sometimes you're surviving. And then there's, you know, like you said, the, the, the true on like seasons, like summer, winter, fall, spring, you know, like 
naturally our, our bodies are meant to rest. I was reading an article, um, especially for women. Like, so we have our menstrual cycles and like the current hustle and grind culture does not really support women, especially because our bodies through each phase of our menstrual cycle is built on a summer, fall, winter, and spring. We've got our ovulation phase. We've got our bleed, our menstrual phase, which is the winter phase, the ovulation being the spring, and then the other phases in between, the luteal phase and the follicular phase. I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, and each one of those represents uh, a season of, you know, and we have our natural body rhythm, which each um, phase of our cycle, but we don't tune into that as women because of the hustle and grind culture. When it's cycle time and we're entering our flow, we're supposed to be cozy, nourishing, warm, relaxing, rest, like we do in the winter time. And then when it's ovulation, we naturally have more energy, we're more vibrant and, you know, things like that. So not only as women do we have these cycles, like physiologically, you know, we also have them in just our life and our life as mothers, right? Like the postpartum phase is a total winter season. So yeah, I think that's really good advice to like tune into that season and be okay with your, whatever it is that you're doing, surviving, thriving, and like leaning into rest. For sure. And I think it's easier to know it's okay to lean in those seasons when you talk to other people who you trust that have already been through them. Yeah. I was lucky enough through motherhood and I'm sure you were too, to have a few people that you could text if you were having a rough day or you just needed someone to tell you you were going to make it through the next hour. Mm -hmm. And well, you were honestly one of those voices for me, especially <laughs> when I was like, Britt, I'm having a baby. And you were yeah. like, baby literally picked you to be her mother. And I was like, I'm going to get through this. That's the best thing yeah. anyone said to me. But you just have to surround yourself with a few people and know, also give yourself permission to not have to tell everybody everything. If you're an entrepreneur and you show up on social media, I felt this overwhelming guilt that I wasn't showing up enough during that tough postpartum season or that I wasn't sharing enough of my real story. You are allowed to be private. It does not have to be broadcast to everybody. There are seasons and points of life that you can keep to yourself and social media strategists and business people are going to tell you that's not the case, but you, your life is your life. It's your own and you are allowed to be private about some things and open about other things. Never feel the pressure to have to tell everybody everything that you're going through. Yeah. I love that. I do. I think I... I'm in like a classic oversharer, but I think it's like a trauma response. So I think for me, I naturally like overshare. And also um, I find it to be like cathartic. I'm just a very highly sensitive, highly emotional person. So I think I just tend to do that. But I think to your point, everybody's wired differently and everybody has different needs. And so while maybe my needs were met by oversharing my postpartum struggles, your needs weren't because that is something that you needed to turn inward, not outward with. And I think that's so intuitive and like really congratulate you for doing that because I don't think there, there is a lot of pressure to be vulnerable and open and, and all of these things. But if that's not your truth and that's not what's, you know, good for you, you have to trust that. 
Exactly. And you do a great job just being real and people can read what you're posting and relate to it, which is amazing. Some people like me, I'm like, I can't put this out there for the world to see. Yeah. But I like to share after I've been through something, after I've meant that. Then I go back and I say, this is what I learned from my experience. If you're going through it, I hope this helps you in some way. Mm -hmm. If I try to stress myself out about keeping people updated as I go, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. Like my brain is going a thousand miles. Yeah. Yeah. So you do a good job being really introspective and realizing that it helps you to process. I yeah. have to process inward. That's the key. That's the key is that you have to trust your way to process. Yeah. I think showing up online as a content creator, influencer, whatever you want to call it online, it, it, there is the pressure to always be creating. And I feel that even too, even though I am always somehow creating something or writing something like even like yesterday, I was like, I should, you know, for today, like I wanted to post today, but I didn't really know what I wanted to post. And whenever you like force it, it never performs and everybody can feel that that was rushed or like that you didn't really want to say that, or you're just running out of content. And so like, there is this cycle of like, I want to add value. I want to help people's lives. What can I say? And like, literally, if I'm being like super vulnerable, I wrote that post today while like taking a dump away from my kids. <laughs> like I was taking my morning dump and I had so many emotions and I was just writing like on my phone. So like in my note section, I just write. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of like my journal. I always like, I think I posted on Twitter. Like if anybody finds my phone and looks in the note section, like I promise like half of it's fiction, a book, fiction book I'm writing and half of it's just like my diary. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so I was just writing this, my own feelings that I had about motherhood and like the season that I'm in right now, which is kind of like, I'm leaving the, the winter season of my postpartum and I'm entering like my spring, my summer because I'm like well rested. I'm not sleep deprived anymore. Granted, I still have my in my, I literally got chills in my bones. I'm like, yes, I love this for you. And I know it's coming for me, but I literally yeah. felt it. Like coming into that new season is everything. Yes. And like, I wanted to give women hope because I needed someone. I remember Googling, like, when does this end? When do I feel like myself? When will I sleep again? You know, like all, I just remember, like, I needed answers. Somebody please tell me that I'm going to get through this. And when, when will my child sleep? When will I feel like me again? And for me, it was like around 18 months to two years is when I finally was like, I'm me, I'm back. You know, it was like when the hormones left my body, when the milk stopped flowing and when I didn't have a baby in me anymore. And I just, and the babies were sleeping. So like, I've got an almost five-year-old. I've got an almost two and a half-year-old and I am fucking back, dude. Like I am back. Like if you're a mom and you're in it, you're going to come back. You're going to be not just back. You're going to be back and better than ever. You're going to be like the baddest bitch alive. I swear to God, it's like so worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I get little glimmers of it and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, I did all yeah. of this and I took care of a child who's thriving today. Yes. Yes. You're like, <laughs> I'll put a pat on the back on those yeah, days. Yeah, you're the baddest bitch ever for doing all of that. Like, you're just going to look back at that whole season. You're going to be like, who was that woman? I don't know who she was. I'm not her anymore, but she's a badass. Mm -hmm. She, like, walked through the freaking fire, dude. Like, 
I see who I was and I don't even physically recognize that person. Like I had my weight fluctuated, you know, I was like drinking too much wine, drinking too much coffee. My health went down the shitter because all I did was focus on my children. You know, like I gave every piece of me and like my advice to like my old self or a mom like in it right now is to truly like, I hate this saying cause it's so cliche, but like pour back into yourself, get your yeah. hair cut, get your nails done every now and then put on like a, you know, your sexy underwear for no freaking reason. Like go, go dancing, go do something for you. Cause I didn't. And it made me physically ill. Yes. Well, you and I this year both got like our eyebrows microbladed. Oh, huge. <laughs> yes. These are things where before I would have been like, oh, that's, that's selfish for me to do. Like I have other things going on. I'm a mom. And I had to realize that, no, I need to make sure that I'm also taken care of. And it's cliche. People okay. say that all the time, but you have to put yourself first because if you don't and you aren't okay, you can't take care of your babies. hundred percent. Totally, totally. My husband told me, maybe it was like a few weeks ago, he just looked at me in a way that he hasn't like looked at me before. And he just smiled and he goes, you are so vibrant, so happy, so patient. Something with you is so different. And he's just totally right. Like I am more patient with my children. I am happier. I am more vibrant. And it's because I'm, t I'm like loving myself again. You know? yeah. And I think it, it just took, it took me, well, I mean, I don't want to make this podcast like a million years long, but like it took hitting rock bottom for me, which was my, my IBD diagnosis, being diagnosed with Crohn's disease and realizing at the emotional and spiritual root, if you look up Crohn's disease, what it says is what's eating at you. Something is literally eating at you and causing these ulcers in your stomach. What was eating me alive? And it was the fact that I wasn't fully living my truth. You know, I was coping with, um, you know, the nightly glass of wine, too much coffee, and I wasn't facing my feelings head on, and I wasn't pouring into myself at all. So it was all eating away at me. And now it's like, I'm rebuilding and I'm re, you know, reborn, you know, it, it's, yeah. And so it is possible to come through the fire and come through that winter season and you will wake up and you will be on the other side, but you might not be the same person. You absolutely won't be the same person. No, you will not be the same person. Version because you're acknowledging everything you've been through, who you were before, and you get to take all the best parts of you through that and come out mm -hmm. on the other side with so much strength and mm -hmm. so much more passion for, for life and just living. Yeah. yeah. I remember like when I first became a mom, when I was pregnant, I was worried that like all my hopes and dreams wouldn't come true or that there was no possible way that I would be able to like pour into, you know, like social media or pour into my community. And I'm wondering if you felt that way, because I almost feel like motherhood pushed you and helped you grow. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you yeah. think that you, you've grown with your community and like with your following just by tapping into that, like that big, like mama energy, you know what I mean? Like your motherhood content, yeah, like, do you think sure. that's resonated? Well, I feel like before I was a mom, I couldn't relate to my friends who were moms, my family members who were moms. I, I thought I could, but until you actually go through the process, you go through pregnancy and you become a mom, 
you automatically have this bond with other moms where you just have a different understanding for each other and being able to share that with other people and create a community about it. It was everything to me because it was a new community that I really needed during that time and that transition. Mm -hmm. People reaching out saying like, I've been there, I get you. I remember when I was pregnant and I would post on social media, just bump dates waiting for Mia to be born. I was so overcooked right. and I would get vulnerable about how I was feeling and the community growth and outpour of support of, Hey, you're going to have this baby soon. She's going to be in your arms. You're not going to be pregnant and uncomfortable for too much longer. It really did spark a new community, which was amazing and something I wasn't expecting through motherhood at all, but it's amazing the way that people reach out and mm -hmm. you see each other. Like we both had babies in our bellies, so we automatically are bonded. Yeah, I think that is the beauty of motherhood. I do think it like connects you with everybody um, who like, especially moms, like you just, you share such an intimate story and just with that alone, you can connect with other women. At least that's how I feel. You know, if I just see another mom, I'm like, we've both, yeah, like you said, like we've both had babies in our bellies. We've both been through labor, like, oh my gosh. And you instantly have a story to tell with each other. Yes. And you know it's something I mean? to understand. If I would ask, I would never even have thought to ask someone's birth story before I had a baby. And now I'm so curious to know, how did you deliver? What was your experience like? What did you go through? Mm -hmm. And you feel it. It's, have you ever had that where you ask another woman that experience and you can literally feel it with them? It's oh the my gosh. Yes. You know, they tell me about it and I'm like, I can feel it in my body. <laughs> yes. But you know what someone told me? So like I had a new mom friend and she had a baby like a month or two ago. And we were talking about like her birth story and then my birth story came up and she goes, you know what I heard? I was like, what? She was like, I heard that women like to retell their birth stories to other women because it's unprocessed trauma. And that to me was like, that gives me chills because I'm like, yes, what a traumatic experience that us mothers share and like intimately and deeply relate on that we can dive right in and be like, this is something really hard that we both went through and it does it feels like you went through it together yeah it haunts you oh my gosh I, that gave me chills when you said that too yeah. it, that's amazing yeah because it is we all birth is trauma postpartum yep. is trauma it's all trauma well, i've even had to go back and apologize to friends who have had kids now that i've had them and say i'm so sorry i wasn't there for you more i didn't understand and they laugh it off but I know like one day I'll have friends that haven't had babies yet that'll probably say the same and, and there's no shame or judgment coming out on the other side knowing that they just haven't experienced it and it's something you truly can't understand until you go through it. Mm -hmm. If you are listening and learning about motherhood, even if you're not a mom right now, right. if there's anything you can do, just make sure you're checking in on your new mom friends. Like even if you think you're checking in too much, there is never too much. It's just nice to be message and reach out to yes. <laughs> so that is just, such a good point and I I have like my sister-in-law has um I think he's like 15 months old now but when after she had her son she like just looked at me and she goes I didn't realize all that you were going through I didn't realize when you didn't want to come to this it was because of the, these reasons right like I didn't get it and I'm sorry and I get it now like I completely get why you acted the way you were, why you did the things that you did, like it all makes sense. And I'm so sorry. And so I didn't know that I needed that, but I did. And 
yeah, like I have friends that, um, that don't have children and it is hard for them to fully understand like my life and the, the juggling act that is motherhood. Like I'm sustaining a life, I'm sustaining a household, I'm trying to sustain a business and sustain your friendship. And I'm not discounting and saying that they're not busy or, you know, have their own things, but it is just a different life. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just hard. And so I think, yeah, like feeling seen by your, your friends that don't have children is, I think it's hard and no one really talks about it. I don't think, especially cause we're young, like we're 30 and you know, a lot of our friends don't have kids. For sure. Your friend group totally changes. Like mine has shifted almost completely. Yeah. And that's another thing that you mourn when you're going through motherhood is, well, what about all my friends? Do they not care anymore? And they do, I'm sure. They just, they don't, just understand. don't know how to relate anymore. And yeah. what sucks is when you see them hanging out and you weren't, you weren't invited and they probably just assume you wouldn't come because you don't have a babysitter or whatever the case is. And so it is hard and it's, it's tough to process those emotions. It's happened to me more times than I can count in the yeah. last year. It's just another thing that you tackle and you come out stronger on the other side when your winter's over. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny you say that as like, um, you know, I'll be candid. I was going through something with my best friend of 13 years and someone was like, you know what, maybe you guys are just entering a different season together. You know, like I have children, she does not have children. And like up until this point, we have pretty much like figured out our relationship and our friendship. But then I think, coupled with, you know, she just moved across the country and all these things, our lives are just so starkly different. And there's not much that we can really relate with. It's causing some sort, it was causing some sort of tension. And it's like, you know what, this might just be a season of our friendship, not the end, right? but maybe a natural winter where there we're not like, you know, we used to just be like, 10 minutes from each other. We'd like, I'd invite her over for dinner and like, she's my kid's godmom. So like still very close, still someone who's always going to be in my life, but just a natural season of friendship. And I think motherhood encourages that, you know, mm -hmm. so we'll take a front seat during, you know, like I've got my mom friends and I've got my college friends and I've got my high school buddies. And then I've got just, you know, normal, whatever friends that I just meet everywhere who might not be moms. And I'm sure you have something similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be different groups I've learned and they all serve a purpose for different seasons yes. at different times. And I'm going through that process too, of realizing that it doesn't have to mean the end of a friendship. It's just not somebody who's going to take a front seat and be someone that you're going to call every day. Right. Um, not someone you're going to text very often. There might be the, Hey, how are you? Every like holiday season or on your birthday. And that's fine. That's fine. Right. Right. Honestly, as a mom, I don't have time to text a hundred people just to maintain acquaintances and relationships. I've got to keep the people that want to be in my life close and the ones that don't understand and don't have that space for me during motherhood right now. That's fine because yeah. I don't really love it for them either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't either but yeah. I don't hear about the parties you went to this weekend unless something really crazy that's life altering for you happened it's not really serving you or me to have this conversation. Exactly. Yes. It's not like my life is more important. It's just my life is different. And I, I just can't even read it. It's so unrelatable that it is forced to even talk about. Yes. It's like, let's, you're just naturally drawn 
drawn to, you're naturally drawn to talking with people who are going through something similar. And I think that's what makes you friends in the first place. Like my best friend and I, like we were drawn to each other. We were going to the same college. We were the same age. You know, we ended up having the same group of friends. And then as the years go on, things naturally drift and shift and seasons, you know? So yeah, there's so many seasons and I'm so glad we're talking about it because literally in every aspect of your life, you're going to enter a season and like being okay with that is I think just such like an emotionally mature flex to be like, you know what, this doesn't mean goodbye forever for my dreams, for my friendships, for anything. It just is a season and it will pass. Yes. Okay. One thing I know we're getting towards the end, but I need to ask you this and I've been forgetting, but now's kind of the perfect time. Have you ever heard of your human design? Yes. Have you done yours? Um, yes, I have. Okay. So I just did mine for the first time last week and I was mind blown by the accuracy. I'm a generator. I am too. I'm a sacral generator and everything is felt in my gut. Yep. And I'm like, mind blown that basically I was listening to a podcast that explains it, but they said, if you look back at your life, every season that you're in, when you feel like you're in alignment and in flow, it's because you were listening to your gut. And if you're mm. in a you're not feeling great, if you look back, it's because you weren't listening to your gut. So totally. I heard that last year or last week, and I was like, this is making far too much sense. Mm-hmm. So if you are listening and you've never looked up uh, your human design, it's kind yeah. of like, you know, Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, it's like a version of a personality Mm -hmm. test, but I couldn't believe the accuracy. I'm still learning about it, but I thought it was really helpful to know. It is. And I feel like modalities like that help me feel seen. So I'm an Enneagram four. So like one of my struggles is like feeling unseen. And so couple that with human design, knowing like I'm supposed to just kind of go with the flow. I'm supposed to do what lights me up and I'm supposed to, you know, like this is supposed to be, this is natural because for the longest time, I'm sure you felt this way. Like you didn't feel okay to be who you are. Like you thought, oh, well, I'm kind of flighty and I do this and I do that. And I I do a million other things and I juggle them, but like, that's what we're supposed to do. Like that's who we are and like giving yourself permission, I think has like really been a game changer for me like to just accept like I'm I'm an Enneagram four and here are my needs and just like I don't know modalities like that really help me because they help me feel it's okay and it's safe to follow this natural pattern that I've been following yeah that's a really good point the human design it's helpful to recognize strengths and weaknesses and then feel no shame or guilt and just acknowledge this is the way that I am and if I really live by this design and just listen to my intuition, it's going to guide me in the right direction. Like everything's going to work out if I don't fight myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. I just got um, an astrology reading yesterday for my birth chart, which human design is based loosely or tightly around astrology. So you like put in your, when you, whatever quiz you take, you can find them online. You put in your birth time, your birth date and your birth location and out pops your human design. And so it's all based upon the stars, essentially on astrology. And so yesterday I've just been feeling like cloudy in my mind. I'm usually so sure of things. I'm second guessing or just deeply, deeply questioning things and like peeling back so many layers of just a very basic thing. And my friend was like, 
Brittany, this is not you. You are so sure of everything. You're so, and now I'm like, I just turned 30. So according to this astrology reading and even human design, when you turn 30, it's like a huge awakening. Yes. And like, even within the stars, it is written like, this is going to like shift your whole world. So she's like, wait, did you just, she's super into human design. She goes, did you just turn 30? Right. I'm like, yeah. She goes, yeah, that makes total sense. No wonder you're going through like your Saturn return, which is like a whole nother awakening, which I found out yesterday. My Saturn won't return until like March, 2023. So I'm like in the thick of self-discovery and relationships was a big part. The astrologer said was, you know, you're finding out who's worthy of like your time and like where you're not like who's worthy. Like that sounds kind of assholey, but like, you know, like it's true, like where you spend your time and who you um, pour into your relationships and things like that. Like relationships was really big and it, it's very, a big thing for me right now. But it's just, yeah, like even, you know, if you are a mom, if you're not a mom, looking into your human design or your astrology or any of these things, I think definitely helps you tackle life in a, in a more like, I don't know, roundabout way, I guess. Like yeah. a more streamlined and aligned way. Well, and I love that with the human design, you know, you take all their personality tests and they're so objective. Like depending yeah. on what mood I'm in, I'm probably going to answer a few of the questions differently. So I've always felt like I'm an Enneagram three, but I could also be an Enneagram seven on any given day. Yeah. So it depends on my mood. Um, and I don't even know if that's how it works. That's just what my results always come up as. But with this human design, you just put in the time you were born, your birthday, and it just was in such alignment. I was like, everybody needs to do this. Just so even if that's not your jam and it's kind of woo woo, just do it anyway, just to see what it says. Right. I made my husband do his and he was like, hey, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I wish Jay would do that. He'd just be like, this is a waste of time. <laughs> like typical. Well, for him, just so you know what he is and then you can better understand him. Yeah, that's a good point. I should just do that. Yeah, it is, it's helpful, I think. You just feel more seen. Which yeah, is I think the one I did was on myhumandesign.com or something. It's just like yeah. a free little thing you do. I don't know. I love it. Yeah. Everybody go check your human design. But before you do that, where should everybody find you to follow you and join your Fit as Hell membership and to connect with you? Okay. So my Instagram is HeyEmmyLou. And if you are into working out or you're not into working out and you need somebody to really guide you along the way, that is my jam. Um, so my, ins my website is also HeyEmmyLou.com. And then you'll see how you can join my fit is hell. Um, H-E-L is Hey Emmy Lou. <laughs> People are always like, why did you spell hell with one L? I kind of love it. <laughs> Plan words. Um, but you can join right on my website. And then if you want to give it a try, your first month is free with the code Juju. Ooh. So yeah, you can enter that in and then just pop in and see if it's for you. See if it works and if it's in alignment. But like I said at the beginning, I design three workouts every week, a lower body, upper body, and a full body. I post a healthy recipe, little Ooh, tips. And tricks. Yeah. Your recipes look so good. Like that would be worth it just in itself. I feel like to just pick your brain and like your dope recipes. <laughs> I love creating. Ah, you're so good. Yeah. You're great at that. Well, thank you so much for coming on and just chatting real life. I think this is going to be hopefully expansive for so many women who are moms, moms to be, or know a mom in their life. So thank you so much.
Anytime. And if you're listening and you have motherhood questions, never, ever hesitate to reach out to me. I'm truly there for any of you, especially if you uh, are experiencing an unexpected pregnancy. Send me a message. I'm there for you. That's my jam because I went sick of it. (laughs) Yes. That's like a whole nother episode, man. We could dive deep there. Yeah, we could. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Anytime. Love you. Bye. Thank you for showing up today. I appreciate you being here in this space with me. If you are into this episode or you really dig the podcast, I would be so grateful for your five-star review on here, as well as sharing this episode or podcast with your crew. If it resonates at all, that would mean the world to me. Also, here is an invitation to hang out with me on Instagram at Brittany Vysinski. You can chat with me here anytime. I would love to connect with you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here. Until next time.